a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Philippians chapter 3, we're starting verse 7. Philippians chapter 3. It'll be on the screen. I'm going to use the NIV this morning. It'll be on the screen, or if you prefer, follow along in the favorite version. You're more than welcome to do so. It says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that, but that which is through uh, faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on, on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, verse 10. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press, let the church say press. press. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press, let the church say press again. Press. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track. Amen. I want to use that as a subject this morning. I'm on the right track. All right. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you this morning for another opportunity to share the word with your people. Thank you for the privilege to stand behind this sacred podium. I pray, God, that you would now use me for your own pleasure. Use me however you see fit as I stand to declare your word. God, I need you today. I need you to give me the, your preaching power. Know me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Speak to me. Speak through me. Uh, let the people hear all of you and hear none of me. Let them see all of you and see none of me. God, help me to articulate what you have given me to share. Give me clarity in my thoughts. And God, when it's all said and done, we shall give you all the praise. And so may you May you be glorified. May your people be edified. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm on the right track. I'm, I'm reminded of this young sister by the name of Shikari Richardson. If you keep up with sports or track and field, you've probably heard the name before. You've probably seen her on TV. She is the latest track and field star to represent America on the world stage. In April 2021, she, she ran a new personal best of 10.72 seconds, becoming the sixth fastest woman at the time of all time. And the fourth fastest American woman in history. She qualified for the 2020 Olympics, or Summer Olympics, after winning the women's 100 meter dash with a 10.8 second uh, finish in the U.S. Olympic trials. But she hit a stumbling block. 
July 1st of that same year, 2020, it was reported that she had tested positive for cannabis uh, following that 100-meter final at the U.S. Olympic Trials. As a result of that, they, they scratched her. They invalidated her win. But not only that, they made her ineligible to compete in the Olympics. Uh, based on reports, she, she went through a counseling program. She accepted a one-month period of suspension or ineligibility that began in June 28 20, 20, of 2021. What I like about Sister Richardson, I call her Sister Richardson, she became the object of much ridicule and scorn. All right. All right. People mocked her, right. called her all sorts of names. Yeah. Uh, she became the latest target of what I would call American social judgment and condemnation. She was viral on social media. She was, she was the image on, y'all know memes, right? She was the image on memes, and they were making all kind of jokes and ridicules about her. All right, all right. However, yeah. that wouldn't be the last time we would hear from her. All right. It wouldn't be the last time because she refused to quit. Right. She fixed what needed to be fixed, and she refocused where focus lack. Right. Just a couple of months ago of this year in July, she became the U.S. national champion in the women's 100 meter uh, race at the 2023 USA Outdoor Track and Field Championships, running 10.82 seconds. Right. She goes on in July also to win the 100 meter at the, the 2023 World Championships in Budapest, Hungary, with a new record time of 10.65 seconds. On the final day of that championship, she would go on to win the gold medal as part of Team USA in the 4x100 relay final with a record time of 41.3 seconds. Right. I use her as an example this morning if, in case you're asking or in case you're wondering to make the point that when you're focused, nothing can stop you or distract you. I love her story because as I said last week, many people quit after setbacks. Many people wallow in regret and never reach their God-given potential. Many people wallow in regret and never live out the callings and the purposes that God has placed in our lives. And the theme this morning for our men's day is men focus on the prize. I like that because it highlights the fact that the only way you, you can reach a particular prize is if you have an unwavering focus. Oftentimes in life, we set out to do something or we set goals and we never accomplish goals because we have become easily distracted, sidetracked, or just downright give up. And here we have Paul. He, he writes this letter to the Philippian church. He has written various churches. He writes this letter while he is still a prisoner in Rome, in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't give up. He is commending the Philippians for regularly assisting him in spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. Even while he's in prison, he's had a setback. He's in unfavorable conditions, but he, but he does not give up trying to spread the gospel. And after commending and encouraging the Philippians in the first two chapters, he goes on here in chapter 3 and tells the church that he wants to be like Jesus. Imagine that, church, if you will. Paul wants to be like Jesus. He has gone through this transformation process in Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus. 
He, he's a former persecutor of Christians, now turned apostle after he has had this come to Jesus moment. Think about this guy, Paul, formerly known as Saul, then changes his name to Paul after being transformed by Jesus Christ. Amen. From, from persecuting the church to now suffering for Christ. From attacking the church to now leading the way for the church. But what I like about this text, Paul likens the life of a Christian to a race. A competition of speed to get to the finish line. He's, he uses language here in the text to make you think about a race or a competition. He uses words like, I have not arrived at my goal. Or I'm straining toward what is ahead. Or I press on toward the goal or the mark to win the prize. When you listen to the language, you can't help but think about a race or a competition. We know racing takes on many different forms. Take, for instance, uh, NASCAR. Anybody watch NASCAR? You got cars going around the track 100 miles per hour trying to win the rights to a trophy or trying to win a cash prize. Take, for instance, track and field where sprinters line up and have a foot race to win gold, silver, or bronze or claim bragging rights to move on, move on to the next event. Amen. Some people rely on racing to make a living while others usually just participated in it as a hobby or a sense of enjoyment. But like a, like a, like a follower of Jesus Christ, Paul, Paul similarly says it's somewhat like a race. You got to keep moving. You got to keep going. You can't stop. All right. But what I like about this, the Christian journey is not about competition over other people. The Christian journey is not about outrunning your brother or your sister. Amen. Right. This race is different because it's all about living a life that God has called us to live. Uh, this, life, this race is not about how fast you can run. It's all about staying in the race. Amen. Uh, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which does easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Yes. Let us run with patience. Yes. Yes. In other words, you ain't going to get there quickly. Right. You got to have patience because there's a long road to travel. Amen. Yes. But the race gets hard sometimes. Yes. That's why Hebrews says run with patience. Yes. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a man or woman, the race isn't easy. But the text gives encouragement today. As we observe the Men's Day celebration, this message has encouragement for all of us. Amen. The text encourages us to keep looking to Jesus. That's the big thing right there. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm not going to hold you on. I want to give you three things that the text will help us understand today. When it comes to reaching this prize that Paul is talking about, three things are required of us as believers, as disciples. Number one, you have to understand the value of relationship with Jesus Christ. Understand the value of, of relationship. I, I stand up here all the time and I say getting saved is the best decision you'll ever make. That's not just words because it's true. The old song, old song, you probably heard it before. It says, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever done. 
In other words, in order to understand the value of a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to do an evaluation or an honest assessment of your former life. He says in verses 5 and 6, Paul, he gives an honest assessment of his former life. The question for us becomes, does our former life outweigh the value of life in Christ? He says, circumcised on the eighth day. That's his former life. Jewish tradition required them to be circumcised in order to be right with God. He, he placed the first item on his list of credentials. He, he, he places value or a form of value in the confidence that he had in his flesh, that he had been circumcised. But then he goes on to say, of the people of Israel, his, his parents was Jews. Uh, he could trace his heritage all the way back to Abraham. That was of value. It used to be of value to him. And then he goes on to say, of the tribe of Benjamin, as part of uh, Israel, he was a member of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. He was a member of the tribe of Benjamin, to be exact. And the you know how it is, whoever, whomever, you, the, the family you belong to gave you credibility. And so he said he had credibility here because he was a, a member of the tribe of uh, Benjamin here. He goes on to say, I'm a Hebrew born of Hebrews. He was the son of Hebrew parents. He, he could take pride in being a true Hebrew. You know how we do. We, we, we base our value on what family we come from, what side of the track we came from. What neighborhood we came from, what what community we are a part of. Paul Pace, he said that that doesn't matter to me anymore. All right. I'm all about Jesus now. Yes. Right. Right. But then he goes on to say concerning the law, a Pharisee. He would he come from a religious tradition that followed the religious law to a T. Goes on to say, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. In other words. Paul, back then, he thought he had it going on. But then he met Jesus. When he met Jesus, his whole life was turned upside down. Do I have any witnesses in the house back then? You thought you had it going on back then. But oh, I met Jesus, and my life has been better ever since. Amen. He, he, his whole life has changed now that he has met Jesus on the other side. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I can look back with no regrets because I'm focused on the prize that lies ahead. Amen. And we have to really, really assess the value of relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes we miss the good old days, but with Jesus, better days are ahead. Amen. And I don't know about you, but when I look back over my life, I can say, I thank God I don't live like that anymore. Amen. When I look back on it, I thank God that I don't go to places I used to go. Amen. When I look back at it, thank God I don't talk the way I used to talk. Amen. Thank God I don't act the way I used to act. Amen. I'm glad I got Jesus, as the song says, down in my heart. This is what Paul said. I, I had it back then, but I got it better now with Jesus. Amen. But here it is, after we've made an honest, honest assessment of what used to be, that should propel us to desire a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Understanding the value of relationship with Christ leads to refining the relationship with Christ. In other words, I'm not just satisfied with being saved. I want more of Jesus. 
This is what Paul is saying here. I'm not just satisfied with what happened on Damascus Road. I want more of Jesus. Anybody want more of Jesus? We have to continue to refine our relationship with Jesus Christ. He says in verse 7, but whatever what gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He says in verse 8, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. He said, I consider them garbage. Uh, that, that stuff doesn't mean anything no more. Uh, running the streets is garbage. The way I used to act is garbage. The way I used to talk is garbage. The, the places I used to go, all of that stuff is garbage because I, I understand the value of relationship with Jesus Christ. He wanted to know Christ personally. He wanted to know the real power of Jesus Christ. He, he wanted to develop a relationship, a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Wasn't just satisfied with conversion, but he wanted more. Anybody want more today? I don't want the routine. I want more. I don't want to just come to church every Sunday because it's the routine. I want to experience God on a deeper level. I don't want to just show up because it's on the schedule. I want Jesus, a deeper and better relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is saying. He wants to refine the relationship. I shared this with you before. A refinery is a production facility uh, composed of a group of chemical engineering unit processes and unit operations for refining uh, certain materials and converting raw material into products of value. Paul said, uh, before Jesus, I was raw material. But I want to refine this relationship into something of value. Think about oil refineries. They convert crude oil and they turn them into the gas that you put in your car. Amen. Think about that sugar you put in your coffee or your cornflakes. Uh, that sugar refinery converts it to usable and edible products. Amen. That salt you put in your food, it, it has to be refined and made usable. Paul is saying, I want, I want to be refined and be better and have better relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't want to just be, I don't want the status quo. This is what Paul is saying. The question then becomes, how does, that, how does that apply to us? How do we make our relationship with Christ better? Two words stick out in the text. The words uh, stick out like a sword on this word, knowing and press. Verse 8, he says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, the surpassing worth. Then he says in verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings to become like him in death. That word know means to recognize or identify. He wants to identify with Christ. He wants to identify with the power of the resurrection. He wants to identify with the sufferings of Jesus Christ. In other words, he doesn't just want to know Jesus Christ on paper, but he wants to get intimate or close with Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't care about all the traditions. I don't care about all the doctrines, everything else that goes on the church. Just give me Jesus. He wanted to know Christ better and better because Christ changed the very foundation of his life. 
that ought to be the goal of every one of us. Amen. To know to know Christ more fully and personally. Amen. But he indicates there has to be a refining that happens. There has to be something else that takes place. Amen. We can't settle for the fact that we're saved. We must strive to get closer to Jesus day by day. Amen. And I think about Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And everything, we got to be, we got to be thirsty for more of Jesus. We got to be thirsty for more righteousness. Amen. He wanted to know the power of his resurrection. He wanted to he wanted to be personal. Amen. He wants to experience the sufferings of Jesus. This, this, this is, I like this y'all because he wants to participate with Jesus. Everything Jesus went through, Paul wants to participate in. The question for us becomes, are we, are we willing to look at Jesus the same way? What is the value we place on our relationship with Jesus? And so the first thing we need to understand that reaching the prize requires understanding the value of relationship with Jesus Christ. But here's the second thing. We have to resist the urge to entertain distractions. This, this, is, what, this is what the text is trying to tell us. If you're going to reach this prize, if you're going to reach the mark, you've got to resist the urge to entertain distractions. Can I be honest with you? One of the reasons we get so distracted as Christians is because we have to be involved in everything. Let's keep it real. We're in church. We, we talk about the world, but Christians, we got to be involved in everything too. James 1 and 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. We get distracted, y'all. We got to resist the urge to engage in stuff that will pull on our relationship and keep us from advancing our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me say that one more time. We got to resist the urge to engage in stuff that pulls on our relationship with Jesus Christ, particularly the flesh. He talks in the first few verses of this chapter about not putting confidence in the flesh. In order to stay focused on the prize, beloved, you gotta control the flesh. And here's why. Here's why the enemy will use the flesh to distract you from what really matters. The enemy will use the flesh to make you miss what life used to be like. Uh, we, we say it all the time, I miss the good old days. Well, I remember we used to now, am I the only one to say, boy, I remember we used to, ooh, Lord. <laughs> Call up my home, but hey, man, you remember that time we, we went, uh, yeah, man. Man, I missed them days. The enemy will use the flesh to make you miss what used to be. All the while, we should be focused on what's to come. I know you had some good times back in the day. I knew you. I know you used to be bad and bougie back in the day. I know you used to tear the club up. 
I know you had it going on back in the day and sometimes you miss it. I, I know you want to be involved in this and involved in that, but you've got to learn to narrow your interests. You've got to learn to don't worry about what you used to be and concentrate on the things of God. The greatest trick of Satan is to get you to deny the worth of knowing Jesus for the worth of the world. The greatest trick is to get him to, de to get you to deny Jesus for what used to be. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to what used to be. Your, your history may not be like mine, but I don't want to go back. That's my testimony. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan took him to the mountaintop and tempted him with all the splendor of the world, told Jesus he could have all the kingdoms of the world and their glory if Jesus would worship Satan. Even Jesus was tempted by Satan. You know he's going to come out the rest as well. But we got to do like Jesus did. Jesus told Satan, get thee hence. Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy, thy, thou serve. Amen. Amen. That's the King James. Get thee hence. If you're going to be focused on the prize, you've got to tell those distractions and their flesh to get thee hence. Verse 7, Paul says he had to give up some stuff to know Jesus Christ. But whatever remains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. But then he goes on in verses 12 and 13. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He says, I haven't arrived at my goal. I'm not there yet. I've forgotten what's behind and I'm straining towards what is ahead. In other words, I'm not there yet, but I'm on the right track. That's, that's important because Paul understands that it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Amen. Uh, you was bad and bougie. Now you're just bougie. You're not bad anymore. You're just bougie. Amen. I, I, I ride by the club and I keep it moving. Amen. I'm not there yet. I'm on the right track. I don't cuss people out anymore. I just look at them funny. I, 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 I deny the flesh every day. Paul understands that the Christian life is a process, y'all. When we receive salvation, when we, when, when the doors of the church are open, you came down to the front of the church and you, you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confessed and you received salvation, it was not the end, it was just the beginning. It's a process, amen. It was the beginning because your entire life is now about being more like Jesus. Paul emphasized that he had not obtained perfect knowledge. He had not obtained the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection. He had not obtained the full fellowship of suffering with Jesus. He has not yet conformed to the death of Jesus. 
But Paul understands that all of this is a process. It's a process of getting to know Jesus Christ better and better as he lived the Christian life. And even in all of this, Paul, he still had a lot more to learn. Amen. He had to give up the old life of persecuting the church. He had to give up the old life, that old way of life when he was known as Saul. And that's the same way with us, y'all. If you've ever been in a relationship of any kind, you, you have to give up some stuff. Amen. Amen. I can't do the things I used to do and walk this Christian journey. Amen. Amen. In other words, my social status, the tribe or the family I came from, whatever I own, none of that stuff matters when it comes to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, the flesh and everything attached to it is a distraction. Amen. Amen. The past is a distraction. Material things are a distraction. Some people can be a distraction. Amen. Don't put anything in that stuff, but put your focus on Jesus Christ and then you're on the right track. Paul says, I consider everything a loss so I can get closer to Jesus. You got to resist the urge to engage in distractions. Amen. We have to discern what the enemy is trying to lure us into. Uh, we talked about idolatry this morning. We have to be conscious of what we're giving our time and attention to. Amen. Uh, we got to forget what's behind and focus on what's ahead. That's why he told the church at Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. He told the disciples, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. So we have to understand the value of relationship with Jesus Christ. But number two, we got to resist the urge to entertain distractions. Amen. But here's the last point. If you're going to be focused on the prize, you got to discipline your life toward the big picture. You have to discipline your life toward the big picture. In other words, Stay focused on Jesus. You got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and not what used to be. Here's a news flash for you. You've come too far to get sidetracked. You, you've come too far to turn around now. The old song says, uh, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the word, on the Lord. In other words, you got to stay on the right track. You got to keep running your race. You got to stay focused on Jesus. Amen. Listen to the text, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's, it's a tough battle dealing with the flesh and a lot of times we think we have to be perfect but Paul didn't claim to be perfect. That's why he says in verse 12 not that I have already obtained all this but I, but I press on meaning, meaning even though he's given up that life that he used to live he's still not a perfect man. He, he, he says I press on. I'm going to keep on going. I, I want to take hold of to receive. Amen. 
He says he, he may have been saying that he had not fully grasped all the meaning of life in Christ, but there is more to receive to keep on by pressing on. Amen. Yes. He, he wants to continue to know Christ better. Amen. But then he uses this word prize. Amen. Some, some people would argue that he never says what the prize is. But it's arguably, uh, I would argue, it's right there in the text. The NIV uses the language God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, the King James uses the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If that is the case, I would say the, the goal is the heavenward calling of Christ Jesus. Uh, the ultimate goal of any runner in a race is to win. Amen. The ultimate goal of any believer is to make it to heaven. That's, that's, that's the prize right there. Paul, he's now living for the day when that heavenward call would come. Amen. He, he, he wants to keep on running so he can win this race. Amen. He, this, this is what motivated him. Amen. This word press, it means, in the Greek is dioko, it means to pursue. As in a foot race, amen. To, to keep those, to stay in position. He says, I'm not going to stand still. I'm going to keep moving so I can get on towards the mark, amen. In other words, just because you got saved, the press, the press is not over, amen. You can't get complacent. You can't stand still and win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. You got to keep on shaping yourself into a disciple of Christ, amen. What is necessary to reach the goal? Paul tells us it's like running a race. Amen. Like a runner. We can't be too concerned about the past. We can't be concerned about mistakes. But we just got to keep running our race well. Amen. We, we got to be good at forgetting about the past. About what used to be. We must press on and stay focused on Jesus Christ. We must concentrate on completing the goal. Amen. We must concentrate on crossing the finish line. Amen. We must keep in mind our goal is to know Christ even better and better. Amen. Paul is essentially giving us ways to find peace on earth. Amen. Most people are living a cluttered, distracted, and fragmented life because we're focused on everything else but, but Jesus. Amen. Uh, but we got to stay focused on Jesus and allow him to fill us up. Amen. The Bible says he will, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on you or stayed on, on you because you trust, he trusts in you. Amen. So we must stay focused on the prize. We, we can't find peace because we focus on everything but the Lord. But once you get your eyes focused on Jesus, you're on the right track. Are you hearing me today? I'm on the right track. Let the church say, I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track because I understand the value of being in relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I used to do this. I used to do that. But now I'm on the right track. I'm done, y'all. I resist the urge to entertain distractions. The enemy will have me sidetracked. The enemy will have me looking backwards. The enemy will have me looking right, left, but I'm looking ahead. I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track because I'm focused on Jesus. Amen. Paul says, forgetting what is behind, 
straining towards that is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning. You're on the right track if you're looking toward Jesus. Amen. If you're looking toward Jesus, you're on the right track. And since I'm on the right track, I'll just keep on keeping on. Amen. Since I'm on the right track, I'll just keep on keeping on. Amen. I'm not trying to be perfect. I just want to get it right. I want to get it right down here because the prize is the heavenward call in Christ Jesus. Amen. And Jesus already told us what the prize was. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. That's the prize right there. In my father's house. Anybody glad you're on the right track? Are you glad you're on the right track? Come on, stand to your feet. Jesus already told us what the prize was. In my father's house are many mansions. We often use that at funerals, y'all, but it's, it's encouragement as well. It's encouragement. That, that's what the prize is. I just want to get it right down here so I can make it up there. Revelation 21, 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. That's the prize right there. So men, women, boys, and girls, stay focused on the prize. Stay focused on Jesus. Don't worry about what's behind to your left, to your right, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. I press toward the mark or toward the prize. This is what it's all about. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, the doors of the church are open. That's you today. The doors of the church are open. If you've never received the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to get on the right track, if you've gotten off track, you want to get on the right track, the doors of the church are open. Amen. Paul says in Romans 10 verse 9, if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart the Lord raised him from the dead, you shall or will be saved. Once you do that, you're on the right track now. So if that's you today, this is the, this is the best decision you'll ever make. Amen. That's not just cliche. That's not something I repeat every Sunday. That is... That is something that is living witness. That's living testimony. It's the best decision you'll ever make. So if that's you today, the doors of the church are open. Those of you that are on Zoom or Facebook, uh, you can just drop a comment in the chat box. Or you can call any one of those numbers that's on the screen at any time. Amen. 
Secondly, if you strayed away from the faith, if you gotten off track, amen, you can get back on track, amen. So if that's you today as well, the doors of the church are open. And then thirdly, last but not least, if you're looking for a church home, if you're not a member of, the, of a church, you're looking for a place that you can call your church home, we would love to have you be a part of this church family. That's you today. The doors of the church are open. Amen. Oh, bless the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, little man. Amen. 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 A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.